You're listening to the Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine, a roundup of this week's leading stories and industry comment from the world of investor relations. Direct from our central London studio, here's your host, Lori Havelock. This week on the Ticker Podcast, the IR Club's Frankfurt getaway, Larry Fink sends another long-termist letter, and revealing the winners of the IR Magazine Awards Canada 2016. Hello and welcome back to the Ticker Podcast, your weekly roundup of the top headlines from around the world of investor relations. We're coming at you live from the IOMAG studios with Tim Human, Garnet Roach and Condice de Montpetit. Hello. 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 First things first in the story, again, that Condice brought to our attention. You've been quite good at finding the weird and wonderful for the podcast. Um, earlier in the week, a convoluted saga in Hong Kong has finished in a bizarre company reclassification. The holding company for Imagi International, who are a computer which is a computer animation company, said this week that it was changing its focus from graphics to being a financial services firm. The company's stock jumped up almost 5% after this announcement, with a huge number of trades taking place and the stock's to-date losses for this year being completely reversed. This all happened amid the apparent disappearance of two of Imagi's executive directors, who neither of which have been seen since October, and before this 180-degree change of direction. Three other non-exec directors have resigned, and local tycoon Francis Lung Pacto has also sold his stake worth 218 million Hong Kong dollars. So are those Hong Kong animation firms kind of like those uh, Canadian mining firms that suddenly became <laughs> medical marijuana producers <laughs> overnight? That's one kind of mining, I guess, isn't it? That's amazing. Uh, well, anyway, hopefully this won't be a tactic employed by issuers trying to get their hands on an IR Magazine Award this year, because obviously there are some sex rewards up for grabs. Um, and luckily in Canada, it doesn't seem to have happened this year. Um, Tim's going to tell us a bit more about this in a second, but last night saw the advent of the IR Magazine Awards Canada 2016. And there's a new name at the top of the list when it comes to Canadian IR. CN, that's Canadian National Railway, uh, enjoyed a runaway success with six awards in total, including the Grand Prix for Best Overall IR at a large cap company and trophies for Janet Drysdale, the firm's head of IR, and CFO Luke Jobin. Another rail firm also did fantastically well, that's Canadian Pacific Railway, uh, taking home three awards, including the gong for the most progress made in IR and for the best IR by a Canadian company in the US market. Matching this total was energy firm Arc Resources, which held on to the Grand Prix for Best IR by a mid-cap firm, uh, which it picked up in 2015. Alamos Gold nabbed the Grand Prix for Best Overall IR at a small cap company and Best CFO at a small cap, whilst Agnico Eagles Mines, Northland Power and TD Bank all took two trophies home. For more information, do check out ironmagazine.com for a full list of the winners or pick up a copy of the Investor Perception Study Canada 2016. Tim has had an early look inside. Hopefully it will pique your curiosity. Tim, what have you found out in the Investor Perception Study? Yes, the, the Investor Perception Study is the research report behind uh, behind the awards. And so, you know, we survey hundreds of investors and analysts covering Canadian companies uh, to find out who's the best in different areas. And then we put together all of that information in this report. And so it's where you can find all of these rankings that you've been talking about, who won in different categories. And there are also case studies of um, highly ranked companies, including interviews with the uh, head of IR and uh, senior management as well. And we've seen some changes in the awards given out as well. How has that been reflected in the company rankings? Well, the, the main ranking in the awards is the Canada Top 50. So we're asking investors and analysts about how IR teams are doing in lots of different areas, like investor meetings, corporate governance, best IRO, and so on. But what we do is we put all of those categories together, all of the scores, and that gives us our Canada Top 50, which is really the ranking of overall investor relations performance. So given all of its um, prizes this year's Given all its prizes this year, um, given all of the prizes it has won this year, as you've just been des- describing, a CN comes top of the Canada Top 50 in first place. A notable um, 
notably, it, it pushes off the top spot TD Bank, which had been there for the last four years. Very impressive run by TD Bank. But uh, the financial services firm slips to sixth place in 2016. Um, Canadian Pacific Railway and ARC, another couple of companies you mentioned, they come second and third. I think a special mention should also go to WSP Global, the uh, engineering services firm, which climbed from 21st place last year in the rankings to fourth place overall this year. Yeah, I think looking at the uh, the top 50 and beyond actually into the further rankings, there are a lot of companies who have shot lots of places up. Why do you think there's a lot of change in the Canadian top 50? Well, I think one of the reasons um, companies have been getting votes this year is, is the way that they've responded to the, the difficult market conditions. Um, Canada's been uh, having a, a difficult time given how sort of commodity heavy its, its economy is. And, and companies like uh, CN and Canadian Pacific Railway, they're, you know, they're transporting everything around that the economy is creating. And so if the economy is struggling, those kind of companies are going to be struggling as well. But they've got to the, uh, the top of the rankings. So they're clearly doing something that makes their IR stand out, even though their financial performance is, uh, is not doing so well. Um, Janet Drysdale, who you mentioned, who won a best, uh, best IRO at a large cap, said that her response to the current situation has been a, a boots-on-the-ground approach to IR. So really upping their activities, communicating more than normal, um, just helping to reassure investors and analysts at this uh, tricky time. A- another sign that uh, you know, companies that are having a difficult time in terms of their stock price performance but are doing well in terms of IR comes from the list of fastest risers in the Canada Top 50. So this is where we look at people who have you know, jumped the, the highest number of ranking places over the last year. And if you take the top 10 fastest risers, uh, five are materials companies, one is an energy company, and two are consumer staples companies. And so even though all of them are uh, struggling a bit in terms of market conditions, they're all doing very well in terms of their investor relations. And what else did the survey take into account? Were there any other questions asked of the, of the respondents? Well, the, the, the research report also gathers um, general comments from the investment community about different aspects of IR. So it asks generally, what do you think about, for example, digital IR or social media or investor meetings and so on? And one of the areas that it asked questions on was corporate governance. And there are some interesting findings here. Um, it found that investors and analysts say they have a large focus on governance, but at the same time, there's a gap between what investors and analysts want and what companies are providing. Um, so more than 85% of the respondents say corporate governance is important when making investment decisions. Now, that's not so shocking, obviously. But then when asked if they are satisfied with the engagement they receive from companies, only 40% said yes, uh, 20% said no, and 32% said it varies. Uh, so this suggests um, the investment community is looking for more opportunities to engage with companies over corporate governance issues, like board composition, like executive pay, And this is something maybe for companies to think about and incorporate more into their communications over the rest of the year. Yep, the Investor Perception Study Canada 2016 is available right now. Do check the the website iomagazine.com forward slash research and you'll find all the latest uh, research reports and the like there. Uh, Moving on, and another example of companies being engaged, whether they like it or not, on corporate governance issues um, and the like. And Garnet, you've been looking into Mr. Larry Fink and his most recent activities. Yeah, so um, Larry Fink and his focus on long-termism have been in the news again this week. Um, The BlackRock CEO has written to leaders of S&P 500 companies, warning them that high dividend payouts and share buybacks may be undermining their company's ability to invest in their future. Fink says many companies are sacrificing performance in years ahead to share buybacks, which rose 27% year-on-year in the third quarter of 2015, as well as dividend payouts, which reached their highest level since 2009 last year, and other forms of quick gains for shareholders. 
In the letter, which was scheduled for release on Thursday along with BlackRock's quarterly results, but was obtained on Monday by the New York Times, Fink writes, quote, We certainly support returning excess cash to shareholders, but not at the expense of value-creating investment. He continues to urge companies, he says, to adopt balanced capital plans appropriate for their respective industries that support strategies for long-term growth. What does he suggest companies should be doing instead then? Well, he talks about shareholder communications being too backward-looking and failing to outline management's plans and vision for the future. So he calls on companies to develop metrics suited to their industries and structures that will drive long-term growth. He says, quote, we are asking that every CEO lay out for shareholders each year a strategic framework for long-term value creation. Additionally, because boards have a critical role to play in strategic planning, we believe CEOs should explicitly affirm that their board has reviewed those plans. He adds that BlackRock's corporate governance team, in its engagement with companies, will be looking for those frameworks and board reviews. And what's the warning for companies that don't adopt this framework? Is Larry going to come after them? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> without such plans in place, he, uh, he does warn that companies risk losing shareholder support if they don't take a longer-term approach and exposing themselves to pressure from investors focused on short-term gains. He writes, quote, Indeed, some short-term investors and analysts offer more compelling visions for companies than the companies themselves, allowing these perspectives to fill the void and build a support for potentially destabilising actions. And that's not all that uh, Larry Fink's been up to this week, is that right? Well, I won't go into too much detail, but the Financial Times reports this week, without revealing any sources, um, that Fink has been meeting in secret with uh, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon and Berkshire Hathaway chief Warren Buffett, along with other major investors, including the heads of Fidelity, Vanguard and Capital Group, to discuss corporate governance best practices. The newspaper says the talks are meant to draft a proposal for best practices in relation to corporate governance, covering subjects such as shareholder rights, executive compensation, board tenure and the role of boards of directors. I think it's interesting that Jamie Dimon is involved in that because he's actually been the target of quite a lot of shareholder complaints over the last couple of years, particularly in relation to... Um, the fact that he's joint CEO and chairman, but also the way that they responded to some of the scandals they've been involved in. The London Whale. Yes. And so, but now he's in the room organising or helping helping to write the best practices guidelines. Based on extensive um, experience, obviously. We should read it very closely for what, you know, what the chief executives of banks are allowed to get up to. Yes. Do you think companies are going to start having a, a Larry Fink response plan in place in case he comes a knocking? I guess that's what he's hoping for. Um. <laughs> well, I don't know about a, like a specific um, Larry Fink uh, response plan, but I mean, he does send this letter out to the S&P 500 every year. And so, you know, one of those is coming and it's going to be focused on something like long termism or governance or something like that. And actually, the letter last year caused a lot of conversations about activism and short termism. And then this year, we're seeing the, uh, the launch of things like this new uh, long term index by S&P. It does look like some of these uh, words are turning into uh, actions. Some people actually listen to Larry. (laughs) Well, back to another IR-centric event. And Condice has been globetrotting this week. She's been off to Frankfurt for the IR Club's annual conference. Condice, what did you see there? Well, Patrick Kiss, the founder of the IR Club and um, head of IR at Deutsche Euroshop, always has original ideas. You know, a couple of years ago, um, he uh, had an opera singer give a, a session on body language. Um, and again, this year, there was a, an interesting mix of people presenting. There was a former NATO general who did a keynote speech on leadership. There was a life coach and even a film producer. A film producer scouting for talent or addressing the audience? <laughs> <laughs> no, addressing the audience. 
And it also sounds like there's a bit of a, an international feel at the conference then. Well, most definitely, um, which isn't surprising when you know that 83% of the DAX index is held by non-German investors, and uh, that's, that compares to 50% in the US, for example. There was a panel on international IR with uh, Matt Brush from Neri, Daniela Peva from the Bulgarian IR Society. Laurie, you know her well. I do. Javier uh, Rodriguez-Vega from the Spanish IR Association, AIRI, and um, also a Frenchman who stepped in for um, a rep from Odo, who was held up in Paris because of a taxi strike, as well as the, the announced moderator, Anne Guimard. There were also interesting sessions on quarterly reporting, social media for IR, IR and board relationships, and uh, how, to ma- how, to, how to best use video for IR. That's where the, the film producer came in handy. The session on market abuse regulation was uh, particularly popular, as Langsess's IR manager Dirk Winkles told me. Uh, I had a very interesting session with the uh, regulator, Marty, the German BaFin, and the discussion of the new uh, market abuse regulation uh, here with some interesting details on some, for example, information leakage uh, uh, issues uh, here, and to just hear the um, plenum discussing these issues. Oh, that session on global investor trends. What were the highlights of that? What were they saying were going to be the the big themes for 2016? A poll of the audience revealed that 76% believe their company wasn't well prepared for an activist attack, even though 48% said they should get ready. Another poll found that nearly half delegates believed finding new investors would be the biggest IR challenge for the year to come. Apparently in Germany, a quarter of the IR budget is dedicated to roadshows and meetings. Uh, that's uh, apparently been going down slightly. And more than half of IR teams now visit uh, Asia regularly. But uh, 36% cited the US as their priority targeting zone. There were some tips by NASDAQ on uh, how to target sovereign wealth funds. Um, Hong Kong, Korea and Qatar are still investing in Europe, for example. And IROs were reminded that IRO-only meetings uh, don't go down well and that there should always be a senior management present, even for early stage meetings. And I also see that, well, I think you've, you've described to us this before, the UK's defender of strategic IR. She was also speaking, is that right? Yes, uh, Gillian Karen Cumberledge from Fidelio highlighted the fact that boards are increasingly concerned about their engagement with shareholders and uh, that it was therefore a big opportunity for IR to prove its worth. She also urged ambitious IROs to have a plan for their career and uh, she said, quote, behave like a business leader and think about what you want from the IR role or chances are you'll continue in the same position. Pretty sound advice. And how did Patrick Kiss feel that the event went? He was happy about the event and um, he uh, actually even gave me a few hints about about uh, what would happen next year. Uh, plans, of course. Uh, first ideas were already uh, given by some attendees, um, um, but we now uh, first have to relax because it's a lot of work. Everyone who organizes such a conference knows about that. But yes, uh, we will have new ideas and we will bring in, as always, new formats, uh, try it out if it works. If not, um, we, we, we skip it. Uh, but for example, today we had the Power Hour as new format which, in my view, uh, had a very good feedback um, from the audience. Candice got a really great mug. We're all very jealous in the office. That Bright was, green, yeah. I heart IR. That was the best, one of the best freebies um, I've ever seen from conference. Second only, actually, to the um, still prior place in my room at home, I got an iPrio yo-yo from the, um, the ABA, the Association of Bulgarian IR Directors Yo-yo, conference. that's pretty cool. Really, oh, nice. really good yo-yo. At one of the um, IR Society events in the UK a few years ago, I got a BNY Mellon leather-bound games kit. Oh. It had all, you know, it had about six or seven different games in it, like um, drafts and cards and... That is an excellent gift. Um, was it actually a gift? 
Well, it, was, it wasn't something that they were giving away to everyone. You had to enter into a raffle. And if you were lucky enough, you got one. Lucky Tim. Lucky it's, Tim. It's just, it's almost too nice to play with. I think that's the problem. <laughs> you kept it, you kept it away for a rainy day. Well, of course, uh, we are in it for the, the high quality IR content, not just the freebies. And speaking of high quality IR content, um, we have another webinar coming up. The IR Magazine webinar, Lean and Mean in 2016. It's really pleasingly rhyming, um, which is about effective IR with limited resources. It's taking place on Thursday, March the 3rd, 2016. Uh, that's at 9am PST, 12pm EST or 5 p.m. GMT. It's going to last half an hour. You can sign up online. It's going to be with IR Magazine and Bloomberg, and it's going to look at how IROs are doing more with less as they make maximum strategic impact with reduced resources. Like I say, more information is available on the website or get in touch with us and we can send you some more details. And that's it for ticker number 40. We've made 40 so far, almost on for a year. Big 4 0. Big 4 0. We're entering the midlife crisis. Thanks, guys, for coming on this week. Thank you, Larry. Cheers, Larry. And we'll be back next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine. For free access to all the latest global investor relations news and analysis, register at irmagazine.com or download the app.